Blog Talk Radio. It's good to be back again. Uh, I'm going to be teaching tonight. It's just so good because God is good to us because he's better to me and then I am to myself. And I bring greetings from my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the one that sets high and the one that looks low. And I come now just to lift up his name because if I lift his name up, from this earth, I would draw. He would draw all men unto Him, and I thank you for just allowing me to be able to continue on week after week, teaching and preaching God's word. And as I come to you tonight, I want you to open your Bible. I want you to open them up because it's very important to follow behind us when we teach. It's not so much listening, it's more of looking also and seeing where I'm coming from and what God is saying to us. And I just want to honor God because I don't never pass the opportunity of giving him the honor because he is the author and the finisher of my faith, of your faith, because he is God all by himself. Because he woke us up this morning. It wasn't our clock. He fed us. He clothed us. He gave us shelter because it is God. And I have to honor him because he's worthy. He's worthy of all of my honor. And without him, I can do anything. I want to thank uh, Apostle for allowing this station to go on week after week, day after day, because it is a great honor for her to be able to uh, think that much of uh, uh, us and God to be able to continue on broadcasting and, and having this station to go on. And I want to thank her and, 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 and because it's not easy. You know, the devil tries to stop us. Y'all, I don't know, have y'all have... Um, found this out since this station been going on. The devil is trying to pull against us because God's word is being spreaded all over the world. And, and the devil don't want uh, those that don't want God's word to be uh, 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 taught and because he wants to keep us down because the devil puts us down, but God reaches way down and picks us up. And I want to thank her just for uh, allowing us to be able to have our program week after week to teach you all what God lays on our heart to teach. Not only that, I want to thank my wife, Amanda, for coming uh, week after week with me on this program. But she's not going to be with me tonight because she's going to work and and as she go to work I I I I I know that she's tired and so I'm gonna be on here with the help of the Holy Spirit and my father which is in heaven is gonna be directing me. God is so good, he's so kind and his mercy is everlasting. I wanna thank those that come on week after week, day after day and help 
with this broadcast. Right now, as we begin to go, I'm going to be teaching from the first book of Psalms tonight. I'm going to be teaching out of the first book of Psalms. But before I go, I must go to him in prayer. Most holy God, my heavenly Father, the God that sets high and God that looks low. It is again, Lord, that I come calling on your holy and righteous name. I come, Lord, because I need you like I need food on my table. I need you, Lord, like I need water to drink and shelter over my head. I need you like the clothes that I put on my back. I need you more than the rain and the food and, and those things. I need you more than anything else in this world. Because, Lord, without you, I would be like a ship lost in the sea and, the, and be drifting and don't know where I'm going up there. But right now, Lord, I stretch my hands to thee. No other help that I know. Thy will withdraw thyself from me. Tell me, Lord, where could I go? I come now, Lord, as, as humble as I know how. I need you to speak to me to be share your people. Lift those up that is uh, cast down and lift those up that is have fallen by the wayside to, tonight, Lord. Just let them see your work through your servant here. And Lord, now come and go with me. Lead me and guide me. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be a supplement of sight, O Lord, my strength and redeemer forevermore. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And for your sake, I ask it all. Amen. 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 God's grace and mercy brought me Listen, I'm living this moment because of you. I want to thank you and praise you to God's grace. And mercy has brought me through God's grace and mercy has brought me through. I'm living this moment because of you. I want to thank you and praise you to God's grace and mercy 
we have favor. God, God gives us favor. God gives us this favor. God is so good to us. That's why we should be happy. You know, oftentimes, I'm teaching, oftentimes we rearing, oftentimes we fail, but God don't want us to worry about anything. Why, preacher? Because God has everything that we need in the palm of his hand. God wants us to not to worry but be happy. And we fail things that come up against us. But my sisters and my brothers, I want to leave this with you in my teaching. That we might fail these things. But a lot of these things that we fail is out of our control. We can't do nothing about them. God tells us, although we might walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thy shall fail no evil. Why do we fail? We fail because of the inner, because of the natural man. Not because of the inner man, but because of the natural man. And as it says in the second verse here, it says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates day and night. Talking about now the righteous. And I want to remind you, only the righteous will see God. Only the righteous. Mean. Listen. It means to mumble in a low tone. Not cry out loud. Meditate in a low tone. And the term, it invokes a mind assault with truth. You see, can I use for example, as Joshua entered Canaan, the Lord told him that he could gain God's favor through careful obedience and study of God's law. And as we enter into the book of Psalms, we find that we're going to receive some instructions. And this psalm is not teaching us to disassociate ourselves from all non-believers. 
You see, what I'm talking about and teaching here right now, Jesus was a friend of the sinner as well as he was of the righteous. But to guard against sinful influences, we have to make God's word our dominant influence. We find that the psalmist here, uh, meditation against wicked living, using a fruitful stream fed orchard, wind-blown trash heap. You see, if you want to, you can be writing some of this down. Because this is good, good for your spiritual soul. You see, the wicked, the, the, the righteous, talking about the righteous, are rooted like a tree planted by the rivers of water that will bring forth good fruit in their due season. And they are nourished because we do the planting, and God brings the increase. God nourishes them. And the righteous is truthful. But now there's a difference in the righteous and then the wicked. My Bible here in the first book of Psalms leads me to this. The wicked become dry. Dry and don't bear no fruit. And they become rootless. Their roots will not sprout and allow the tree to grow to bear fruit. And after all of this, the third is that they are worthless. So what I'm talking about here is that if they are worthless, it's no good for us but one thing to be cut down, thrown into a lake of fire. Or evil be trampled under our feet. Because it is dry, rootless, and restless, and it don't bear no fruit. But here the righteous person's life resembles, listen, the garden of Eden. The righteous person now resembles the garden of Eden. Not only the garden of Eden, 
It resembles New Jerusalem. First of all, because they are filled with trees. New Jerusalem has streams. And it had endless fruit. Isn't that all right? Far from being representative, God's word teaches us to live a life that God intended. To live a life, can I say that again? As God intended intended it. You remember that in the book of Genesis where God made everything he made, he said that it was good. Everything God made, it was good. But which this leads us to human flourishing. It leads us to harvest a good crop. I don't know about you all, but I have farmed, I've raised gardens, I've done all these things, and I expected back from my labor a good harvest. I didn't, wasn't satisfied with a dried up field. I wanted a green flourishing field right for the harvest. So here is the same way with God's word. In the book of Psalms, it teaches us these things. Let us look now. Let us look at um, the third verse. It says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. It says, Bring forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does, it shall prosper. Whatever we do, when we plant on good soil, when we plant on the soil that God has appointed us to plant on, it will bring forth fruit in due season. There's a season for harvesting. There's a season for planting. We plant today. I'm using that for an example. If we plant today, we don't expect to harvest today. There is a season. When we plant, we got to depend on God who sets high and looks low to nourish what we planted. He sends the rain on it. He sends the sunshine on it. And he marshals the ground. 
show that our seeds will be will fall on fertile ground. And my sisters and my brothers tonight, I want you to know that if we plan on fertile ground, the wind, the storm, the, the hot sun, and the hurricanes, and all those things can come and blow upon it. But because we have planted on fertile ground that God has for us, it will stand even in a time of a storm. And when we find ourselves in a storm and we begin to drift to and fro and fro, we are sometimes caught up in the ways of the devil. But all we have to do, my sisters and my brothers, is call on God. And he will come and calm those storms for us. Then the fourth verse says, The ungodly are not so, but are like the shafts which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. What is he saying here? He said that he's talking about the ungodly now. The ungodly, they plant fields not on fertile ground. They plant their fields on the grounds that Satan has gave them. And their seeds will dry up, and they will die. That's why the Bible teaches us in God's Word that the wages of sin is always death. But the gift that God has for his righteous people is eternal life. And if we are not where we need to be, if we are not planning on the right soil, we're not going to harvest a bondful harvest. Um, let me move on with that. The contrast between the wicked and the righteous is more pronounced in their radical difference or distinct. It is foolish. Listen. Listen what David is teaching us here through this sermon. It is foolish to stand with the wicked. What are you talking about, preacher? Because if you stand with the wicked, found out long time ago, 
that if I stand with the wicked, sometimes I fall for most of anything because I cannot see painless. And my hand is not being guided by my Father God, which is in heaven. Because here we find that if we stand with the wicked, the wicked will not stand when God's judge comes back to judge the world. So we don't want to be in the, that category standing with the wicked because the wicked if we at that time when Jesus comes back looking for a church without a spot or a wrinkle we're going to find ourselves if we are doing the thing of the devil and living in the devil's house, listen, we're going to be, if we have not went to God and asked him for forgiveness and turned from our wicked ways, when Jesus comes back looking for a church without a spot or a wrinkle, it's going to be too late for us to say, Lord, forgive me. Because why I'm saying that is because you don't know the day or the hour when the Lord is coming. So we don't know if, 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 if I'm sinning today and I don't ask God to forgive me and get rid of this sin that I com- have committed today, and I hold on to it till tomorrow. What is saying that God's son Jesus might come tonight? Because he's coming like a thief in the night. He's coming when we are not aware. So what I'm saying here is that if we got any sin that's waiting us down that we haven't given it over to God. We need to get rid of this. We don't need to carry this until tomorrow because tomorrow is not promised to you. And today is not promised no more. So what I'm saying is when Jesus comes back, And if you are still in your mess and you haven't been forgave, you're going with the devil. Because the Bible teaches here that the wicked will not stand with when God judges the world. They're not going to stand. But here we find in the fifth chapter, I mean the fifth verse, it says, therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. 
the righteous people. Why are we called righteous? Listen, listen. I'm just teaching. The righteous people knows God. If we don't know God, we can't be considered as being righteous. Because the righteous knows God, and only the righteous will see him when the time comes. Uh, we are timidly known by him. Not only we know God, but God knows us. Why do he know us? He know us because when we have uh, took a relationship with him and has been adopted as his sons and daughters, he knows who we are and whom we are and whom we live for and whom that we're going to die for because he knows all about us. And one more thing about that. God knew us even before we were formed in our mother's womb. He knew us. He knew that we was going to become a man or a woman. Because God knows everything. From the beginning to now, God knows, and I know he knows, time we find ourselves trying to hide things from one another. But I want to stop here for just a little bit and spawn on this. We try to hide things from man, but we are not doing anything like we think we are. We are not getting anywhere like we think we should. Because it's not man that we should be concerned about. We should be concerned about God Almighty, our Heavenly Father. He is the one that's going to have the final say when the time comes. He is going to be the one to judge us. Our sisters or our brothers that we walk with day by day, they can pass judgment, but they is not the righteous judge. Their judgment don't even count. But God's judgment, it will count. Because when God's son comes back, to judge the world. That's when he's going to do what? To separate. He's going to separate the wheat from the tares. And don't you know when he separates, he's not going to send them all one place. 
He's going to take his sheep, the righteous, and put them in his right hand. And he's going to say, come on, go with me to the place where I have already gone prepared for you. The mansion that's on high, where you will be forever and forever. Where that you don't have to worry no more. Up there, every day will be Sunday. Inside, we'll have no end. But he's going to, listen, take those goats, those evil ones, those ones that's been following after the devil, he's going to put them in his lesson. Listen good here now. And when he put them in his left hand, he's going to say, away with you into brimstone in hell. For you're going to find a fiery pit where the fire is going to be uh, unprincipled. It's going to burn forever and forever. It's going to burn so, so that you still listen Man, women, or whatsoever will never die after the resurrection, after his coming. We will live on forever. Even in hell, they're going to be living. And don't you know, that's the way it is. I often hear people say that once we're dead, we're done. But that's not so, my sisters and brothers. We are not done when we're dead. Why, preacher? Because Jesus paid it all. Jesus went to Calvary Cross, and he hung there and bled for our sins and thirst for our sins. And but when he went down into Job's boy's tomb, he stayed there three long days. And he took back the keys to hell and the grave. And he was resurrected. If Jesus had not went down, we would be done for. We would be, when we die, be done for. But Jesus made it possible that we're going to rise like he was. We're not going to stay there. And we, he says, I'm going to, God says, I'm going to, I'm not coming back looking for that old body that's in the tomb. I'm going to give you a new body. I'm going to give you a new body that you ain't going to have those scars on. That you're not going to have those medicine tracks. I'm going to give you a body. Because I'm taking your soul, I'm going to put it in a new body. See, we, you look at the word, the word teaches us that we shouldn't pick new wine 
and put in old wineskins. We should put it in new wineskins. The righteous people. And we consider ourselves as being righteous. The wise here finally it, it, they carefully note these contrasts. The wise now I'm talking about avoid the evil path. If we are wise, we are the righteous. And we need to be wise as righteous. And so we need to avoid of the evil one. Because you see, uh, 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 God teaches us through his word. He says, why is the way that leads to destruction? But narrow is the path that leads to eternal life. But wide way we find. Do you understand what I'm talking about? That there are many that's going to be on that road that leads to destruction. But the narrow way, the shallow way, there is not going to be many. And this clear fault in the road here I'm talking about will characterize the rest of the book of the Psalms. You know, the book of Psalms is a great, had great books. A lot of times we just look at seven books of Psalms. But every one of the songs David wrote, and he was inspired by God, it's really beneficial to us because we find that it's some of everything that we need to live day by day. Because the book of Psalms, a lot of time we stop just on 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. That's good medicine, good food for the spiritual soul. But then we need to move on just a little further. Let us move on to where uh, God is my life and my salvation. Whom shall I sell? Because God, David, is telling us here, not preaching, teaching, that although when my enemies come up to eat up my flesh, David is saying here in the uh, 27th Psalm that they will stumble and fall. So, the righteous here. If we walk in the pathway that God has 
is leading us. We will know uh we will not go astray. It says here that you know, I'm almost I'm coming I'm coming on down all the time. I'm coming on down all the time. Uh, the law, listen, the sixth verse here, it says the law knows the way of the righteous. But the way of the ungodly shall perish. The righteous will stand in the latter days. They will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And we as righteous, we're going to bring Boniface Puke in due season. We have to realize that the righteous let me move back a little bit. I want to go back to the weakest just for a little bit. The weakest rulers and the nations they plot and they scheme against God and even against us by us being Ambassador, being disciples, the wicked schemes against us and plots against us and against God. And but we find that the rebellious heart sees God rules as an oppressor. But now look at the righteous. Look at the righteous. The righteous heart sees God and sees God's instruction and is liberally and life giving. But we got to be obedient. We see God, we hear God speak, but we need obedience. God anointed, and we are God's anointed. And the ones that was anointed, even in the Psalms, refers to God's chosen king. And it trickles down to the descendants of David, who will reign in an everlasting kingdom. You see, Samuel here, he anointed David with all as God's chosen king. But the Greek term, listen, the Greek term Christ is translated in the Hebrew title, Messiah, which is a transliteration of the Hebrew word for anointed. 
in the book of Acts, the fourth chapter, 26 and 26 verses, the early Christians saw Christ's crucifixion and their own persecution as fulfilling the song. You see, here, God provides whatever you need when you live in a commission to him. Whenever you live in a submission to him, God provides. Uh, he loves to bless his obedience to children. Moving out ahead of us. God is always leading us. I don't want God to be pushing me. I want him to lead me. Songwriter wrote a song a long time ago. Lead me, O oh Lord, lead me. I don't, I want Satan to be behind me. And I want God, my Father, out front of me. And once we make up our mind, this is a mind thing. Because God gave us a mind. To serve him or serve the devil? And I ask this question tonight in my teaching. Which one is you going to serve or which one is you serving? One is going to bring you happiness, joy, and the other is going to bring you damnation to your soul. So my sisters and my brothers, which one are you serving? Which road are you on? Are you on the Broadway and not on an highway? You've got room on the Broadway to turn around because there are U-turns on the Broadway and get on the Nowhere. Which one is your own? And whom are you going to serve? Because you cannot serve two masters. My Bible teaches, if you follow after me, that you will love one and hate the other. And that's so true. How can you love two masters? The one that you love is your master. If you love the devil more than you are disposing to love God, the devil is your master. But if you love God with your whole heart, your whole being, 
see, God, sometimes we miss the mark. How, preacher, do we miss the mark? We only give God uh, uh, just sudden portions over our being. We give him sometimes just part of us. But God don't just want part of us. God wants to hold 100% of our being. We don't have no part to share or pick out with the devil. God wants all of us, our whole being. When you give God your whole being, you're going to find that you're going to have a better and a peaceful life. Because 99 and a half just won't do it. He wants 100%. That's why we find sometimes that people are going through so much because they haven't given up everything that possesses of the devil. They are still holding on to potion. But I stop by to tell you that you got to get it up. Because if you want to be born again, like David is talking about here, the righteous, if you want to be born again and become a new creation, you have to give it up. Because my Bible don't lie. It was wrote by divine men, but it was inspired by God. God instilled in them what to write. And when they had wrote enough, that God told John, he said, seal up, John, don't write no more. You just said enough. So I'm telling you right now that if you are holding on to anything that's not like God, you need to cast it at his feet and leave it there. Because as I teach time and time again, I teach people that sin is a terrible disease. Don't you know, my sisters and my brothers, sin is rusted in cancer. What are you talking about, preacher? People dying from cancer. Well, people dying from sin also. And they're going to continue on dying when the time comes, when Jesus comes back. See what sin does. If we hold on to it, it begins as a small soul. And then, as long as we're still holding on to it, it begins to get larger. And then... It began to get larger. And then it began to fester. 
And then as it festers, death occurs. So if there is any sin that we are holding on to, I recommend right now that you turn it over to Jesus right now. Don't wait until tomorrow. Uh, God moves out ahead of us. And I love that. Because in his moving ahead of us, he is leading us in a plain path of righteousness for his name's sake. That's why when he said in the 23rd Psalm, although we might uh, walk in the shadow of death, we don't have to fear no evil for I am with you. Lord, have mercy. God is with us. It is leading us. When we go in a dark place, God is with us if we turn him in our hearts. We have sold him up in our hearts. We got to slow up, my sisters and my brothers. We got to store up righteousness. We got to build on that because the word teaches us Build our hopes on things eternal, not the things of the world. We got to stop and look at this. God the way brings us into good, pleasant places. He doesn't promise lack of trials but does promise eternal victory. So when the storm of life strikes, we are perfectly secure because he will have eternal shelter. Sometimes we look around us, seem as though God makes no decision between the righteous and the ungodly. But he makes the sunrise on the evil and on the good, sends the rain on the just and on the unjust. Thank you. My sisters and brothers, as we go to our close, I hope you have received something from this. Apply this to your heart. Let this be a light unto your path and a lamp unto your feet, so to keep you day by day. Study God. Study God's word. Get close to him. If you draw nigh to him, he will draw nigh to you. Hold on to his unchanging hand, and he's going to make everything all right. Most of God, as we go now, Lord, I want to thank you for your word. Let me share your listeners. Apply it. And, Lord, and let that be food. Spread your food for their body. The rest of this week and the rest of eternity. I thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be able to assemble here right now. And as we go down from this place, I pray that the sweet communion of your Holy Spirit will rest, rule, and abide with them. And forth and forevermore. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And for your sake, I ask it all. Amen. 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 I'm leaving once again my phone number, 804-313-5877. God bless you and heaven smile upon you until we meet again. If not on this side, 
I'm hoping and praying that we'll meet on the other side, where there is no going to be no Sunday. Every day, every day is going to be Sunday, and Sabbath has no end. Every day is going to be Sunday, and Sabbath has no end. It's always going to be that way. Thank you. Bless you. Keep on keeping on. Have a blessed week until we meet again. Thank mm-hmm. you.